We would like to say a special thank you to Chris Garlic for sponsoring this week's episode. No, I don't. What is it? <laughs> he says, he says, uh, this Jesus whom you killed, God the Father has raised from the dead and made him Lord. Mm-hmm. So that is the whole point of this. It's it's not as if this is, um, we said it's not gibberish. It's also not just some magic show or some uh, broadcasting of power of what's happening in the church now. All of this serves... Peter's proclamation of Christ's death and resurrection. That's what all of this is aiming towards. Mm -hmm. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this Day of Pentecost episode of Scripture First, we're breaking down a passage in Acts where God breaks into his creation like a rush of violent wind, and divided tongues of fire rest on the disciples. Adam, Kiri, and I ask, what is Pentecost? Is it different today than it was in this passage? What is a tongue of fire, and what exactly does that represent? And why is God delivering this miracle years after Jesus was resurrected and ascended into heaven? Nick Hopman explains how something is happening here. The Holy Spirit is coming in a new way. Now, not just the prophets can speak of God's promises. Everyone can. We killed Christ. God raised him from the dead. For you. Let's get to it. Here's Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven... There came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, 
and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have the heavy hitter back, Nick Hopman. <laughs> okay. Well, thank Calm you. And I, you've given me another heavy hitting reading here. So that's right. Yeah, it's uh, Pentecost Sunday, and maybe we can just begin by um, asking what is Pentecost? What does this mean? Um, it w- any sort of context that would be helpful. Well, Pentecost existed before the Pentecost that we talk about in the Christian church. It literally just means 50th day. It was a day-long harvest festival 50 days after Passover. That's where the name comes from, Um, Shavuot, or as we say in the United States, Thanksgiving, Hmm. or as my friends from Texas say, Thanksgiving. So Pentecost is just (laughs) Thanksgiving. (laughs) Your friends from Texas or your toddlers? Or is that my friends from Texas? Okay, they they put the emphasis on the first. That's what my toddler so does too. Oh, she yeah. calls it that. Well, she just yells stuff. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, but the, actually, that's good to know. I didn't know that. I didn't know Passover or Pentecost was around prior to quote, Pentecost. Sure. No, that's why all the Jews were assembled there and they didn't think it was going to be to hear about Jesus. Okay. So just to make sure we're in the clear here, when in this text, when it's talking about the day of Pentecost, are we referring to what we now modern day refer to Pentecost as? Well, yeah. I mean, when we speak about Pentecost in the church, we're remembering what happened on this day, and it sort of has inaugurated the church day of Pentecost. But it didn't start in uh, 33 AD or whatever your particular form of ancient dating is, but uh, it it existed for for centuries before what happened on this particular Pentecost. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hear uh, they were all together in one place, and suddenly uh, from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave the ability. First of all, I feel like we're always like surrounded by like violent sounds, huge thunders, the earth broke down. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is, of course, an apocalypse. It's God breaking in. Uh, <clears throat> Luther would say that whenever God does a new thing, he accompanies it with signs, with miracles. That's what's happening here in this sort of explosion that's taking place. Real qu- quick, can you explain apocalypse? Uh, apocalypse is just the divine breaking into creation to do something. 
um, most especially, of course, with the preaching of the good news of Christ. Um, but <clears throat> here the preaching is accompanied with these signs. So this this is well after Jesus's resurrection, and he's gone to heaven. So we're uh, we're in Acts. So this is like you said, thirty three A.D. And all of a sudden, here's God apocalypsing into the create his old creation again. Exactly. Yeah, this is post ascension, and now this is kind of the the first thing that's happening after Jesus ascends into heaven. And. So skipping forward to verse three, where it says divided tongues as of fire, as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. Are they talking the physical or metaphorical tongue? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, it's pictured as flames, which is, which is fine. It doesn't actually say there was a rush of violent wind or there was fire. It says it was like that. There were tongues as of fire appeared among them. Exactly what it means, we don't know. But most importantly, as you point out, is that this then becomes immediately connected with the ability to speak in other languages. Hmm. So it's interesting. Um I remember this was a while ago, but one time the only reason I remember this sermon being preached is because a few years ago in one of my churches, the pastor was preaching this and all of a sudden, like, so he had must have reached out to congregation members prior. All of a sudden, a bunch of the congregation members sitting in the audience just start speaking their languages <laughs> and what they like what they are used to saying so he's talking and there's in the front rows you just hear all these and people are just saying anything and everything and it was it was definitely I mean I mean I remember it years upon years later um but it was definitely memorable but what are your thoughts on that is that <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I, uh, I'm and I'm glad it's memorable. I'm sure. I'm sure you're not just virtue signaling about how multicultural your church was when you were growing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, yeah, I had. Well, like, seen, is that like is that found? Because I know I've heard Chris and Sarah mention that that's not necessarily. Well, I, I mean, know. as to whether or not it's helpful liturgically or for a reading of the Bible, I, I don't know. Um, I've heard churches on this Sunday, they will call up people to do parts of the readings in other languages that okay. the particular people are familiar with. But, you know, I, I, I suppose it might be kind of uh, shocking in the way that people were shocked on the day of Pentecost. So mm -hmm. maybe it's a certain way doing the text to the yeah. people that are hearing it read on Pentecost. Sunday. Yeah, that's kind of what we hear um going forward, and this is the fifth verse. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under having living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered. So as you said, Nick, they were shocked or they were surprised because each of them heard one, each of them, uh, each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Maybe you can just parse that out for us. What's, uh, what are we actually hearing there? Well, first of all, it's important that they heard them and I think there the hearing uh, implies an understanding. Um, the, the gift of 
tongues here is that people can actually hear what is being proclaimed. It's not that there's some sort of a spiritual sign showing how holy the person is, um, but yet you can't really get anything out of the gibberish or whatever that they're speaking. Here, this the, the Holy Spirit's work here is some form of translation going on, uh, apparently within the mouths of the uh, apostles themselves. And so the people actually hear them. And they hear in the native language of each. Um, There's something about the mother tongue. You can't really talk about the Reformation without talking about how the Reformers harnessed the vernacular and were able to use that to get directly into people's hearts. You know, Mm -hmm. the the Jews in Yiddish call it the mamalosha, the mother tongue. And uh, (laughs) I, I served a church in Canada um, that was largely Germans that had grown up in the Ukraine. They were refugees after the war. And I would at times feel kind of insane sitting in my office translating my sermons into German for people that had lived in Canada for 50 years and spoke English every bit as well as I could. But there is something about the mother tongue and the Holy Spirit using it. Of course, the Holy Spirit can use your second or fourth language if he wants to, but there's something about how that's the language of the heart and it helps open up the heart the way that music also helps open up the heart. Mm-hmm. Well, so it continues, and it's, it's, it said amazed and astonished. So it used very um, v- very vivid adjectives here, and it said, they asked, are not all the, these who are speaking Galileans? So my question, why did they ask this? And specifically, why did they ask it about if they're Galileans? Well, Carrie, when I walked in today and you were speaking French to me, I was amazed too. It's (laughs) it's unusual to hear people speaking a language to you that you didn't know that they could speak. So they're, they're noticing that something's going on here. And they say, these guys can't possibly know these languages. They're just Galileans, which in addition to not being Medes or whatever the other group might have been, uh, is kind of, they're kind of looked down upon as the backwoods people of, of Israel. You know, they're up there in the north, far away from Jerusalem and where all the real power is. Um, so they're kind of stating that this is a miracle and making fun of the Galileans at the same time. And by the way, for any listeners, he's lying. I do not speak French. That is my mother. (laughs) But interesting. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, Luke, uh, the writer of Acts, kind of goes through the list of uh, different ethnicities or peoples that are all uh, sort of involved or... uh, or, Countries, all uh, of them. Yeah, peoples who are involved in this, uh, who had heard their uh, language... Uh, and we hear in the 11th verse, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Uh, and all were amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Uh, but some others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. So throughout Which this is whole to say thing, they, these, oh, sorry, no, I was just going to they think they're like drunk, right? <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> And again, they use very vivid imagery, too, when describing all of this. Amazed, perplexed, astonished, sneered, mm-hmm. wine. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, if you if people start talking to you in languages that they shouldn't be able to talk to you, it's, it's very strange. And yet there is some truth to the question of what does this mean? What mm-hmm. is the point of this uh, miracle? 
And of course, then we go right from here to um, Peter standing up and speaking. And then he's got a relatively long sermon here. Today we get the part where he quotes from the prophet Joel. Uh, he goes on and quotes uh, from the Psalms. Um, but of course, you guys all know what the conclusion to this sermon is. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. What is it? <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says uh, this Jesus whom you killed, God the Father has raised from the dead and made him Lord. Mm-hmm. So that is the whole point of this. It's, it's not as if this is, um, we said it's not gibberish. It's also not just some magic show or some uh, broadcasting of power of what's happening in the church now. All of this serves Peter's proclamation of Christ's death and resurrection. That's what all of this is aiming towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe uh, we kind of talked about it uh, prior to the podcast, and this might be a good time to kind of bring it in. But uh, sometimes you'll hear people say that Pentecost was when uh, the church was founded or uh, when the, the Christian church was sort of established, inaugurated, however you want to say it. Um, but uh, you sort of have a different view or you have a view along with Luther and maybe you can help us with that. Yeah, quite often you'll just hear a brief definition of Pentecost as the church's birthday. Yeah. Maybe it gets around uh, explaining Thanksgiving and all those things we had to talk about. Um, But the main problem with it is that it's wrong (laughs) because the church is the place where the word of God is. And so Luther clearly says in his Genesis lectures that in the Garden of Eden, we've got the church. God speaks to Adam and Eve. He gives them the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as a sort of place and a circumstance to come and worship him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the, for Adam, the first estate. Exactly. For Adam and Eve to tell each other uh, what God's word is, to exercise their faith. And so Pentecost is not the church's birthday, and this goes to a a larger problem in church history, which is to always sort of look for when the Gentiles come in is when the church is really uh, beginning. And of course, here we see that you can't even say Pentecost is really involving the Gentiles. There were some proselytes, and there were the inner Jewish debates about whether these people were truly Jews or not. Some, I, I think it continues to the current day, but this is, you know, the Jewish prophet Joel promising something, the Jew Jesus, the Jew Peter preaching to Jews from every nation under the sun. So even with all these languages involved in anything, it's not like this is spreading out to all the nations here at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and so we, we realize that not only is the law something given to Israel and only Israel, but the gospel too is given to Israel first and the Gentiles second, as, as the Apostle Paul says. Mm-hmm. So when should we celebrate the church's birthday? That's the uh, we can't have <laughs> the party on this this Sunday, but this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know, January first. January 1st. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there is something new happening here. Yeah, namely that as once again the conclusion of Peter's sermon, the death and resurrection of Jesus. People hear this and they say, oh boy, we're in trouble now. This guy that we killed was raised from the dead. What do we do? Mm -hmm. And he says, be baptized every one of you in the name of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So what is new on Pentecost? 
Well, the Spirit is coming in a new way. Uh, the Spirit has been there since the creation of the world. It's not like this is the first time human beings have encountered the Spirit. But as Peter tells us, generally, uh, God would give his Spirit to a specific prophet who would speak for God. Here, it's being poured out over everyone. Everyone can speak for God now. Um, but most of all, the Holy Spirit has been preaching the gospel, the good news of Christ in, in hidden form in the Old Testament, all and is with Christ in his ministry. But here is the Spirit's final sermon for the first time. Jesus has been killed and is raised. He's even now ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. And so this is the final sermon now that leads up to baptism. And it'll be preached over and over again as long as the world goes, but this is the first time uh, the sermon has come in this form. Okay, so my last question for you, there's a lot there's a lot of information here. Some of it would probably be like I don't know, as a congregation member who's not well versed in the Bible, I find a lot of it entertaining and certainly um informative, but I don't know what to focus on. So when a pastor like you or Adam is up there preaching this, what needs to be the main focal point? Because there's a lot of meat here to digest. Mm -hmm. So where where should you focus? Well, I think it goes back to what I was saying is, is what is all this leading to? What is all this pointing to? It might be helpful uh, every once in a while to have somebody read something in a foreign language to celebrate Pentecost. But most importantly, um, you know, you're not going to probably have the tongues of fire or the thunder, um, but you do have the message that Peter finally gets to. And that's not exactly in this pericope. But it is the story of Christ. You can, you can spill it out in long form, or you can be more concise like the Apostle Paul, but you want to get to that conclusion that Peter gets to, which is, you killed Christ, God raised him from the dead, and then you have to make that be for you. In this sermon, Peter says, be baptized, because of course nobody is baptized, um, but uh, often you're preaching to people who are almost all baptized, and so you're going to have to apply that pronoun more specifically to them uh, than Peter does in this sermon as well. Christ died for you. He's risen for you. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Nick Hopman for teaching us what the day of Pentecost is all about. God breaking into his creation with miracles comes with signs of power like violent wind and tongues of fire. But, as Nick reminded us, it's important to stay focused that something new is happening here. The Holy Spirit is coming in a new way. Now, not just the prophets can speak of God's promises. Everyone can. We killed Christ. God raised him from the dead for you. In Luther House of Studies podcast, Sing to the Lord, Lars Olson and I break down a hymn's history, lyrical meaning, and the way it preaches the gospel with Zachary Brockhoff. Click on this episode's show notes for a link to Sing to the Lord's podcast feed to catch up on all of the excellent hymns we've discussed. Thanks again for joining us this week. Go forth and proclaim God's promise for you. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.